Movie Newbie. Movie Newbie. Movie Newbie. Movie Newbie. Yo, what's up, guys? And welcome to the Movie Newbie podcast with me, Jabril, the Movie Newbie, and the two aficionados, Ollie and Raf. So enjoy the show. Yo, what's up, guys? And we are back again for the Movie Newbie. I'm your host, Jabril. And as usual, I have the two guys, Raf and Ollie, with us. How about you guys say hello? Hello, hello. Hello. And uh, we are coming in for our second installment of our female gaze theme. And Ollie has brought a special guest for us. How about you introduce yourself? Yeah, okay. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll introduce uh, her for you. She's, this is my very good friend. Uh, I'm very excited to have her on here. And I just <laughs> cut her off, so we're off, off to a great start. Um, Izzy, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Izzy. Um, friend of Ollie's from university. And I'm here to talk about the female gaze or lack thereof films nowadays hell yeah and and you've decided you are so we uh gave each of our guests the opportunity to pick a movie to talk about on their episode and you what movie did you decide for us um i chose book smart because it was not only made by a woman but it kind of deals with a lot of themes pertaining to what you were asking me about and talking to you about. Mm. And uh, and I think it's a pretty good movie to expose some of those themes and, and yeah, lots of um, things about women there. Mm. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you guys like the movie? I mean. I do. Yeah, no, no, it was, I, I had seen it before and it was, it was nice to, to revisit it again because it's, it is such a, it's such a fun film and it's and it's a film that you know it feels good yeah it, there's a lot of there's a lot of like positivity in this film and i don't want to compare it to let's say super bad but i feel like book smart has a bit more heart and a bit more support to it um whereas super bad is a bit more I guess boyish in that sense that it's a lot about putting. I just watched. I recently watched Superbad just to like give it a bit of a comparison. But no, Booksmart is is electrifying. It's fast paced. It's high octane. It's sharp writing and sharp directing. And there's some truly brilliant scenes in it. And I, uh, yeah, I think I liked it even better the second time around. So um, thank you for choosing that. That was great. Great choice. What about you guys? Um, yeah, I well, I've, I've seen this like Raph. I'd seen this film before, and. Um, I enjoyed it the first time. I remember not being a little bit underwhelmed because I think the the uh, react, critical reaction it got when it first came out was pretty rapturous. I think it was treated as kind of like the second coming of mm. teen comedies. And I could certainly like respect um, the first time I watched it that this was doing something that most male-oriented teen comedies don't strive for and that it was kind of reversing a lot of the tired tropes. But for some reason, it didn't coalesce fully for me. But then rewatching the second time, I actually enjoyed it even more. And I found myself a lot um, connecting to it a lot more emotionally this time around. And so I definitely think this is actually a film that's, you know, deserves a, a rewatch. Um, so, yeah, I ended up having a really fun time and I'm excited to talk about it today. But, uh, Gabriel, what about you? Yeah, so what you described, like, about your first experience, that's pretty much how I felt about the movie. This is the first time I've ever watched it. And I did enjoy it quite a bit um 
I mean, the performances of the two main characters, like the two actors, are just amazing. I think they really, I don't know, they made me laugh so much. It was really good. And then, um, what's her name's mo- parents? Uh, Lisa Kudrow and and Will Forte, the other guy. What's his yeah. name? Will Forte. Will Forte is like one of my favorites, and I think he pulls <laughs> off that dad. So, uh, <laughs> um, what else was there? Ah, the music. The yeah, music yeah. The movie so good. I really loved that and. Yeah, just it's just such an overall just great movie. It it really made um made me feel nostalgic about high school in a different way. Like it felt kind of accurate more than other like traditional teen movies would be, you know, like they actually look like teenagers in this movie. They don't mm. look like 25-year-old mm. kids. Why do they do that? Why do they why do they get that wrong? It's so weird. there are plenty of teen actors so out there in the world. I don't get why they like uh, you, well, if they're if they're underage, you don't get them. It's uh, sometimes you don't. Yeah. Uh, there's like these really pesky yeah. child laws. Yeah. I don't know why, but uh, you can't. It's hard to keep them on set for the whole day. You need to, you need to factor in like their education and stuff. So That's I true. think there's. Um, and then also I think you know. Well, Olivia Wilde pulled it off with all these. Yeah, kids. yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I don't know if they're under eighteen. Though. Well, I mean, there's oh. also. Um, I do think it was, I've always thought like there was a missed trick with you know those Twenty One Jump Street movies that came out like five mm-hmm. or ten years ago. You know, like they're yeah. meant. The joke is that they're meant to be guys in their thirties going back to high school. Yet every school. all the actors yeah. playing the other high schoolers looked like this. They were probably the same mm-hmm. age as they were. And though it would have been really funny yeah. if they actually got like Channing Tatum, like who looks like thirty-five years old, and had a bunch of like actual fifteen-year-olds <laughs> running around this high school yeah. with him. <laughs> yeah, and everyone just in on the jokes that they're clearly not. <laughs> yeah, no one like points out that these guys clearly look so. Actually, I remember watching um, Thirteen Reasons Why with Izzy once, and we just couldn't stop laughing at how one of the guys looked like he was legit like forty, <laughs> and he was just like walking. <laughs> and he was like six foot four and walking around all these kids. Sometimes you, <laughs> just... can, sometimes you can get away with it. But then like with, with the example that you gave, like Jonah Hill and Shannon Tatum, like Jonah Hill. OK, I can see him getting away with it. But Shannon Tatum, like I'm like, he's literally like a 35 year old supermodel. Like I don't. Dude, he looks like he's already got three <laughs> exactly. kids or something. At home. Then go yeah. to that high school. <laughs> Anyways, we, we do digress. Let's steer. Let's let's go back to to the point at hand. And um yeah, it's yeah. it's interesting to I, I kind of want to know why you um, Izzy, why you kind of chose Booksmart for going into the female gaze, and maybe what what you said you you mentioned the lack the lack thereof uh, nowadays uh, with the female gaze. So yeah, why this movie? Why why Booksmart? Well, I think it kind of represents what I believe in. It, it, the concept of female gaze is so young, and that it's quite nice to. I thought it'd be good to choose a movie where they are also young and figuring out what that means to them and what's important to them as women and, and, you know, the kind of the crushes that women have, you know, being explored in that way, which is kind of an innocent way of getting into the subject. I thought, you know, how kind of, you know, the Ryan is, is um, kind of the slow-mo montage of (laughs) Ryan coming in is not, it's very sort of sweet and silly and, that was just something that was quite sweet. But also, in general, the film kind of felt important in that way. I, I think, actually, what Ollie began to say about the first time I watched it, I felt like the importance of it more than the enjoyment, because I thought, this is such a big deal, I guess. <laughs> so I was watching yeah. it with this kind of 
um, the context in mind, whereas the second time I, I enjoyed it more because I wasn't thinking about how it came out and everyone was lauding it and everything. Mm, mm, yeah, you get the you kind of get the critical out of the out of the way. Um, so I think, yeah, when we experienced our first viewing, it was a lot more like, oh, this is like game, this is game changer stuff. Uh, so you don't really think about like having fun with the film. Whereas the second time around, like you laugh at the jokes, you kind of follow the characters and their escapades. And it's, uh, it's, de- yeah, like it's definitely a lot more fun to watch. What? I think that's, that's like, um, I think that's like the double-edged nature of kind of like hype, right? Um, but in particular when the hype is sort of has a political bent to it, like I think this film was lauded for having really pr- for sort of espousing pretty progressive values and being pretty progressive. So in addition to it probably being an enjoyable movie, a lot of people were really like, you know, excuse my language, but on its dick because they were just like, you know, this is really, um, this is, yeah, but they were, okay, maybe mm. not the best use of words, but um they just thought like this is this is important, like you said, Izzy. This is very much needed now. And I think when you're aware of that going into a film, it's hard to kind of take it out of that context and to just sort of judge it on its face value. And so, for in a way, that can probably have the adverse effect of kind of maybe impacting your enjoyment of the thing a little bit because you're kind of aware of the weightiness with which it comes. But um, yeah, I think that's I think you guys mm-hmm. were right about that. And. Um... And so with, 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 with viewing it for the first time, Jabril, did you have that kind of uh, perspective as well of like, oh, I've never quite seen uh, a, come a, a coming of age story done this way or having that progressiveness to it. And like you said, like it's, it, it felt more relatable because the, let's say the ensemble who are, I mean, the casting in this film, I feel like everyone does especially for the for the for the teens for the high schoolers like they all do so great i feel like they all just dive into their characters so beautifully and there's even like a few standouts like the two theater kids i'm like yeah that's that's me right there that's 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 my clan um (laughs) and like his his karaoke moment like i i just i just love that so much and the other guy what's his name uh jerry no not jerry is it jerry or george is it the rich guy yeah the rich guy yeah what's his name the kid from um he's the kid from um uh, santa claria santa claria diet oh that's right yeah 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 yeah. so familiar that kid's got the funniest face like and like he looks like a mannequin or something (laughs) (laughs) or like a a marionette that's it well that's yeah and that's that's, i think that's uh another reason why i applaud this film is not they didn't just get the casting right but this is like a new generation of actors coming in to 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 be the forefront of let's say hollywood or the new faces that we see and and especially with the two with the two leads i mean caitlin caitlin and um and beanie yeah uh their chemistry is is palpable it's something that like you watch this film because of their friendship um yeah, I don't really know where I was going yeah. with my thoughts. They were just Yeah, you you you're yeah, asking me a question if you don't initially. Know me back, I'm just like <laughs> I can talk forever. Yes, this is So, your initial question, let me answer that. Um so I feel like you guys ha- had like some idea of the movie before watching it, so you had these like um I don't know, expectations going into it when you watched it the first time. You guys told me Booksmart. I was like, "Okay, Booksmart, and that's what I'm going to watch." I didn't read up on it or anything i feel like that's what i have to do to truly be the movie newbie i don't know um well no i think going in with a naked eye is, yeah. is probably a good that's, thing that's what you. i've been trying to do at least so um initially i was like oh this is really cool it felt just 
natural you know like 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 you said the performances of the actors like it felt like uh these guys were you know like they were friends before the movie you know like there's a backstory you know it's like this this is the one of those movies where you come to the end and you're like i still want to know what these characters stories are you know like they they just seem so believable and real and natural uh, yeah i don't know if i explain if i answered your question but that's just how i felt about it like even you know how like movies right when they when they have like female characters telling jokes they have like a female kind of like slap on it like these are female jokes these are male jokes and that's that but in this movie i feel like all the jokes are whatever whatever comes out of her mouth or his mm, mouth it's a bit more universal whatever, in that sense it's not just gendered it, yeah it's universal and that's yeah and it's pretty reflective of actual life so yeah. izzy do you think as you're the only you know person of the female persuasion on this podcast at the moment <laughs> um i don't know do you feel that do you feel that there's something unique about female friendships that this film Highlights, gets yeah. that yeah i think that that's exactly um what Jabir was saying you know like the jokes are not meant to evoke the gender of the person who said it and that's what I thought was cool because mm. I grew up like that amongst lots of male influences as well and I just never, never really felt like one of the girls and I just really appreciated in this film that there wasn't any kind of there weren't those categories everyone had their own spin and it had really nothing to do with their gender I mean apart from the two theatrical boys who was I think to be honest actually that that leads me into the question of what's aged the worst mm. although I really enjoyed them I just feel like now even you might get in trouble for, <laughs> um, yeah for saying yeah for for um kind of making them come across in a certain way mm. even though I love <laughs> yeah sorry but we, we will definitely get to what's aged the worst but I laughed so hard when he uh when the um the shorter one i don't know the name of the characters but he goes up to uh they're at that part that like play acting party or whatever like murder mystery party <laughs> yeah and he goes up yeah exactly he's like right now you're at a 10 and i need you at a two <laughs> i say that all the time now <laughs> but yeah I mean, um, so yeah, the the friendships in general, I just thought they weren't burdened by, you know, I'm a man and I'm a woman and this is what we find funny. And that was cool. There was a lot more fluidity, you would say, on in in in, in the ensemble and their mingling together. It, it, did, it did feel real, but without having, because it still had elements of the, fan, the fantasy. It still had el- like surreal elements, like suddenly... Uh, I think the the one that the one that caught my eye especially was when um, uh, we, we really need a fact checker with these names. Uh, Sa- uh, yeah, Sarah is it? No, Beanie, the be- one of the best friends, uh, not Caitlin, not. There's Molly. There's Molly and Amy. Right, right. Oh, is Amy? Is Amy Molly the? Molly is... is the valedictorian. Right. So when Molly, so when Molly, uh, they first enter the the last party, the the party they were meant to go to from the beginning, and suddenly there's this like dance sequence that happens, and there are moments like that where like the film takes you away from what it actually is and brings it in another kind of realm, which is nice because it's, 
yes, you're supposed to feel like you know these people and that you've, you you know these situations, but it's nice to have that, I don't know, fantastical element added to it as well. It, it gives it another little extra spice to it, just from being a generic coming of age story. But also just the skewering of that moment as well, just how they actually had that sort of interpretive dancing and it was really cringe and funny and yeah. not meant serious, I, but then you think maybe someone saw that and th thought that was like a really inspiring, beautiful moment. <laughs> I think yeah. <laughs> I think one of the best moments in that film was when they both were like ready to go and then they had the whole sequence where they're leaving the house and everything and then they're waiting on the curb outside trying to find the address of the party and I've been in those moments so many times before just oh, like trying yeah. to find the address mm. like who do you contact <laughs> where are we going and it's just like this um like purgatory mm. where you're like in this where you've already got dressed yeah, you've already you're like, like had a couple of pre-drinks exactly you're yeah. in that good tipsy mode and then you're just like waiting around and it's like oh dang and i, I just love that because the little argument they have was just perfect I, I loved it i think um one thing i wanted to talk a, a little bit about is um well raf you brought it up at the beginning but i think this film got compared a lot probably to the chagrin of the people involved with um, it got compared a lot to super bad because the premise does have some similarities. And I think um, what really strengthened that comparison was that one of the stars of this film is actually Jonah Hill's younger sister. Um, but, you know, I think I've heard like some people, including Beanie Feldstein, the actress kind of um, bristle when people compare called it basically, Oh, it's like the female super bad. And they didn't really like that comparison because uh, you could look at it as repudiation, but whatever it is, it's I think the film does kind of um, address a lot of what a lot about what is problematic with Superbad. Looking back at it now, and like Superbad's a film that I personally love, but and I rewatched it quite recently and still laughed. But I mean, the whole premise of that film is that um, you know they're trying to get these women alcohol for these women so that they'll have sex with them. And this film in comparison is just so much more uh, sensitive and at least a little bit more. Well, it's not, know. it's not, it's not hypersexualized. I feel like when I rewatched Superbad, it was that hypersexuality of like, like boy hormones, you know, just like, you got to get laid. And, and all the jokes are kind of sexualized. Like some of, most of their banter is about eventually getting, getting, you know, getting to sleep with with uh, with those girls or and it's all about that so it's not it's it's heavily concentrated on that aspect whereas mm. high school yes there was obviously we were all young we all wanted to like you know get with one another that's that's only natural we were all discovering our like ooh i have a pee pee um <laughs> but but like there's so many more aspects to that and i feel like booksmart definitely leans towards those those themes and 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 stays stays away from like just that yeah hyper sex drive it looked like yeah we're gonna book yeah i feel like with super bad it was a natural evolution from american pie which was just like oh mm. but um that's another that's know, another I, example I, I isn't never, it? the coming of age yeah. high school story i i never thought of super bad while watching this movie the the one that came to mind was that movie with emma stone easy a and also lisa kudrow easy, easy i think so yeah yeah, yeah. easy a or triple a um, I don't know. Triple um, A batteries. Yeah, but um, it gave me vibes of that movie, even though it has nothing like plot wise. There was nothing similar. I, I don't know. Superbad's such a like completely different movie that in my mind, it, I I don't even want to like compare the two. It's an easy comparison, I think, because it takes care of 
the this film takes care of all its characters so much better and actually rounds them out mm -hmm. so yes. much better and and makes sure that anyone who's wronged at the end like you realize how wrong it was like even if you didn't at the time so when when molly um kind of lambasts that girl who you know gave roadside assistance to yeah. <laughs> her um classmates and then you just kind of forget until she then is picking up molly to give her roadside mm. assistance and then they have that conversation yeah. and i to my shame totally forgot about that character and i didn't really care about her but then you realize that that also happens at school it's like even the, the questions in the movie like uh, the girl that picked her up like they were both going to yale was mm. it so it's like yeah. possible friendship in the future here, you know, like going separate ways, but they're still like, boom. Like, that's what I liked about it. Like there was this other divergent yeah. and storylines. Yeah. And I think like, you're right, Izzy, that like that character, um, who, you know, this is maybe to, to the point because none of us seem to remember her name beyond AAA, but we'll just call her AAA. So AAA, like she would in a, in like a, in a teen sex comedy from even like ten years ago or five years ago, she would have just been the punchline, right? She would mm -hmm. have been like the the deemed the school slut or something, and she would have no um, role or function in the film beyond just being maybe one potential conquest for a guy or or like a plot device of some kind. But in this movie, she's given her moment to kind of speak her own truth and well yeah and i think um, they're all they're all three-dimensional yeah. right they're all living breathing people that we are either we've grown up with or we have known and that's the real relatability factor of this film and i think what what i saw the second time around is the collaboration that was that almost um that is all around this film, not just in the ensemble, but like you could feel it in the writing. Um, I think there's there's four women attached to to writing this this movie, this movie, um, and also Olivia Wilde encouraged a lot of the cast members to write their own dialogue if it felt inauthentic. Um, so I don't know, I don't know if this is like. But collaboration, sometimes you can see it translated in the film and you can see a film really having that collaborative effort when every, like sometimes all the pieces just kind of fit together and for the casting and for the acting and performances, it all did. It all just glued right together. And that's, it just makes you think that Booksmart maybe had a really nice environment to it. Like you want it to work for that film. You want it to be a part of that production. And and it definitely translates in, in the movie. It's it's fun. It's light. It's it, it, it goes at a really good pace. And everyone seems like, yeah, should they, they must have gotten along like even after the movie or before the movie. Or there's definitely a lot of chemistry work to this film and a lot of like supportive collaboration. And is that because of the... Is that yeah? Thanks to Olivia Wilde's directing and kind of leadership, um, and the writers at the forefront as well. So it does seem to me like there is there is that supportive energy to it, which is quite nice to see in a film. I don't know. What's interesting about the dialogue being improvised, um, or not improvised, but sort of changed by the person saying it, because that also definitely comes across. Everyone seems so comfortable saying what they're saying, even though. They should be mm. if they're actors, but you just get that authenticity. But actually, I it reminded me of the scene when you say it's lighthearted, but there is that the moment where they kind of start going at each other at the party and one of my favorite that, scenes. One of my favorite. Yeah, scenes. amazing. Yeah. Um, I, because that worked so well because it 
because it cuts the, the audio mm. and it makes you mm. think how many times have I had this type of argument or similar with a friend and and that's why when you just see them mouthing stuff you put yourself in that position mm-hmm. and remember interesting I hated that you hated it I hated it I was like why are they cutting <laughs> like I just thought that the actors were doing such a good job at like how friends argue that they just drowned out the most important part of that argument. I um I can't it might have been like something stylistic where they're like, oh, you can put yourself in that situation and fill the dots, like fill in the blanks. But I was just like the characters themselves were so good. Mm. Like I just wanted to I wanted to know what they said. Like it, it <laughs> But I think like yeah. I think probably I by that point but... everything that needed to be not then. Everything that needed to be heard was probably um said by that point right i think um like i i mean i i'm not i'm no lip reader but i'm pretty sure most of what was said after the the audio for the dialogue cut out was like mm-hmm. fuck yeah. you <laughs> but it's those nasty but, things um, you don't want to hear yeah it's right? interesting it's like, it's to that point of the argument where you're like i don't want to that like you know i don't want to hear this anymore because yeah suddenly it's just all drowned out and it's gone to that escalation where it's like oh fuck like do yeah. we come back you are saying you're just saying things to hurt the other at that mm-hmm. point and everyone's yeah. been there where they would wish they could mute themselves yeah. and, person. and so i thought that was quite a cool way of um expressing that with teenagers who especially teenagers who are just completely you know prey to their hormones and prey to like all these other pressures that when you get to adulthood (laughs) you sort of let go or or control it's yeah and it holds so true to arguments i remember encountering in the schoolyard or at parties when I was a teenager, <laughs> where not quite like <laughs> that, like, but like where, where, give me your lunch money. Yeah, my name's yeah. Oliver. Meet me at the flagpole at three thirty. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was actually. I ruled. I ruled our university with an iron fist. But um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> watch out, Mangum's coming. Dead uh, men walking. Um, but, Dead uh, men walking. <laughs> But um, no, more specifically, just like how the um, the anger and the intensity rose in their argument to the point where they were shouting at one another and slinging these really hurtful words, but they were also completely um, oblivious to the fact that everyone was watching and that the, and that they had become uh, you know they had spectators. They had it was almost like a performance, but that was more just about how upset and hurt and angry and locked into that yeah and how destroyed they were. they were by by what they said and you can there was real emotional depth that this film has towards the end that you're like oh again it's taking me somewhere other than your standard run-of-the-mill coming of age where it could have just been an easy way out but this actually like you felt you felt uh i don't know it was a real moment and a nice a a, a, a kind of a hurtful and painful con- contrast because they always support one another. They always had those moments of like, you look great. You da da. And you're this, oh my God, I can't, I can't even with you right now. And it's like, oh, uh, to have that moment happen, to have that moment flip and suddenly it's it's insults. It's like, ooh. I realized actually that they've they've been hiding things from each other. Even from the beginning where you see them as this completely functional best friend. Then when it all sort of falls apart, you think, oh, were they really thinking that the whole time? She was hiding that she was going abroad this whole time while pretending to be really supportive or what being supportive but not knowing how to speak. And that's just, that spoke to like a lot of the friendships I remember, which is that you're outwardly so supportive, but you have your bugbears that you 
but then just come out at those dramatic moments. Mm-hmm. And and what I loved was yeah. that they didn't, you know, if this was, I hate to say it, but I think that you can tell it's made by a woman because they don't have them like collapsing into hysterics. Really, they they're actually very strong and like yeah, sort of masculine qualities of just yelling. You know, you don't see that with girls fighting on screen. Usually, there's, I mean, now less, but I feel like. Back back in the day, mm-hmm. if it was a super bad scene, then they would have just like been screaming, "You bitch!" and then run off. And there would have been like mascara running or something. <laughs> it always goes back yeah. to this um, example of uh, the Godfather, where the the she's like breaking the plates and mm. stuff, and it's uh, going yeah, from that yeah. to this. Like I, I think that's a very good benchmark of how terrible mm. a female character can be in a movie, and then just. Mm going from there um this this conversation that you guys have just had just sparked two different like questions the first one was from the you know the use of music in that um fight the the argument like i think the use of music in different vault like different sounds and everything throughout the movie had was pretty good except for that moment that that's (laughs) this is one question that i'm that i'm kind of like working with the other one is the use of stereotypes. So, like, um, there is some, like, truth behind every stereotype and movie tropes and whatnot. And I think um, in this movie, the the way they wrote a lot of the jokes plays with the stereotypes that you know, but flips it and then kind of proves the stereotype at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, towards the end of the movie where she drops um, Amy... I hope it's Hello. Amy. Uh, or... I don't know. Um, we could just we look could this up right now. On, like, we, we could be on. We could just continue yeah. to struggle. Yeah. We, Amy, yes, Amy. She, Amy. she dropped okay. off Molly. Sorry, Molly. Wait, which one's which? Amy, though? Like, Molly, like okay, Molly. Male movie. Good remember that. <laughs> okay, right, right. So Beanie. So Beanie Feldstein okay. plays Molly. So okay, when they you. drop, when when uh, Beanie drops off. Shit. Okay, when it's, Molly yeah, drops off Amy, yeah. when Molly drops off Amy, you know that final scene where they like both look at each other, and it's like this moment. Oh uh, yeah. In this movie, uh, Molly looks at Amy, and she's just walking, and then she turns around and looks, and then they're like, "Oh, sad moment. These friends are not going to be friends anymore." Me. And then all of a sudden, she like smacks on the do- <laughs> on the car, and like this whole thing happens, and. There's so many instances of that throughout the movie, like the playing with the stereotypes, with how stereotypes are true, how stereotypes are not true, mm. and I feel like that's so like leading you one way, but then going, you know, going the another other direction, way, and then coming mm. back, and then you turning, mm. and well, it's, then it's, flipping. Yeah, it's it's again, it's 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 just uh, uh, cleverly woven writing, you know, put together, and it feels like a lot of the writing took care of their characters. They they put a lot of care and passion into you know the story um but the story driven by the characters so you are following not the story essentially but you're following the people that are in it so it's that's just strong writing well the uh, the scene where the parents you know confront (laughs) the girls because they already suspect it i thought that was really well done because you know obviously we're getting to this point in our history where things are becoming accepted, especially the, the generation of, you know, the, our parents are making the effort. And I just thought it was so good because it's so perfectly done. My parents would be the exact same yeah. way. I, 
Oh, that was that was another laugh line. Uh, a big big laugh line for me was um, <laughs> she was like, "We're gonna do a Korean face mask," and she's like, "I yeah. don't know the words." Or like, uh, I even made you miso 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 love you so much. I I love you like you know like I love you. Yeah. I'm your father, and I love you so much. <laughs> the, the the names of the dishes. Oh, those yeah, are yeah, so the funny. Names of the <laughs> or yang 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 yang. Is that you? <laughs> Um, is he so I mean are we even allowed to use the word camp is that a thing but why is the dad so camp like why why is that then brought oh I think he's just meant to be like not uh, like camp is kind of how it is but I think it's there's this stereotype of the suburban dad with that kind of mustache who's just I I don't know I can't there's probably a more nuanced word for it but it's just become kind of enfeebled a little bit and just walks around in an apron and says like oh well, gosh, he's kind of he's kind of the conservative like, you know. liberal in essence you know <laughs> but that's like Will Forte and, like it's <laughs> such a Will Forte yeah having fun with it yeah there's yeah absolutely I'd love to see a, a show with Lisa Kudrow and Will yeah. Forte just as two That's two been on. for show <laughs> yeah and absolutely it's just a cooking show with them. <laughs> so there's there's one in there's one particular instance in this film that I want to kind of talk about before we I guess maybe go into questions. I don't know how we're doing on time, but um. Yeah, told. I tried to put it in the chat, but I don't think anybody reads it. I saw. Oh. Yeah, I saw. Oh, thanks. No, thanks. I, saw, I don't want to chat I saw. with you. Um, get so, out of here, Raph. Get out. Get out of here. There's one. I think there's one. There's one. There's one scene uh, or one sequence in this uh, that kind of maybe again. I'm. You know, it's the female gaze is is such a new kind of a new concept, like you said, Izzy, and it's and and I love the metaphor you used of like this is. Uh, coming of age and it's it's a young film and I think female gaze is young as well so it kind of blends in beautifully with it but there's one scene uh where she's at the party and she sees the other she sees the kind of the cool girl and they 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 have a they have a intimate scene together um and is that I I feel like that is also one kind of a highlight of what the female gaze is is having a delicate moment between I don't know two two females you know experiencing an intimate moment and not not being done in this hyper again a hypersexual way it's like it's quite sensitive um we wanted to talk about that moment because I know that was a pretty big scene. Yeah, I mean, at the time you don't because you haven't clocked that the girl is potentially interested mm. in Amy. So that's another shock, and then you realise, okay, this is going to happen. How are they going to do it? So as a as a woman, <laughs> I I, just, <laughs> mm. I was kind of thinking, how are they going to do this? Because I know it's going to be really respectful, but w- will it be trite? Mm. Will it be actually too yeah. much? like 2pg mm. and then they completely, yeah and then they completely you know uh shocked me with the ultimate <laughs> the ultimate mistake that anyone can make yeah. still like it's a it's a joke in itself so they they round it off with a joke but leading up to that moment i think you're right it's just very sweet mm. and and um did i think they did it well yeah. Again, just a, a carefully yeah. constructed kind of moment that could have so easily been brashed over, or like yeah. bruised in and and ignored. Yeah. But I think it's yeah, it was it was quite a a nice intimate moment in a in a coming of age that could have just been yeah, it's sex, you know, like like again, hate hate comparing it, but like going back to Superbad, like that was you know there wasn't any moments of 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 sensitivity like that. And you know, I I, I love Superbad and I love the writing of it, but it's it's a different. 
it's there's not a difference to be sensitive. It's a completely different movie. That's yeah, yeah. yeah. It's trying to maybe narratively, it's going along the same things. It's just yeah, the way it's just less sensitive, and I think I respond more to to this film with its sensitivity than than I would to Superbad because I don't. Yeah, that's not my. That wasn't my essentially my experience mm-hmm. as a guy. Um, it what was interesting is thinking about guys watching that scene and mm. like hoping something more steamy and them being disappointed but hopefully them learning something about them being disappointed mm. you know about their preconceptions about what the scene was going to turn into mm. um yeah. and how maybe they can you know men watching this can learn from that uh, but yeah. not be so feeling like they're learning something you don't want to feel like you're at school whenever these movies these kinds of movies come out that's I think what I was worried about watching it first time and then the second time I realized this is accessible you know this is stuff you can talk about you don't feel like you're being preached at at any point yeah that's exactly how I felt as well like I think it's hard to call this um, I don't want to get too philosophical or whatever, but oh, uh, please, please. with a portrait of a lady on fire, right? Like it was very obvious that this is a female gaze. This is a female movie with like just empowering female characters and a female storyline. While this movie, it's a movie and this is what a lot of movies should strive to be like, you know, like it wasn't very, um, how do I say I don't want to say like I don't want to say like in your face like on the nose. This is female gaze. We are empowering females. This is more like this is what movies should be like. I don't know if I'm so kind of a little more a little more subtle in in the sense that and it's it's not just about. I mean, yes, it's not just about uh, feminism. Yeah, it's not just about like let's say sisterhood about these two. Yeah, yes, they are the leads and they they carry this movie. I, I I I like to believe, but it's it's. It's like it's a coming of age. It's 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 that particular time and space in our lives that we love so much because like these are like incredible nostalgic memories that we have of that particular time, and it really throws you back in. And yeah, like like you, Jay, I felt incredibly nostalgic after watching this film because yeah, even if it was yeah the two leads were female and I have nothing to there that those weren't my experiences yet yet I still felt like they I was a part of that. Whereas with the portrait of a lady on fire, it's very much like a portrait of those two women. Access because you're not in the time period, but also it's a very isolated incident. Whereas this is so universally experienced. And I think that's sometimes like, um, whereas a film like Portrait of a Lady, which I do think had, like you said, Gabriel, um, I guess it had an objective that that seemed quite clear and that it was meant to be, deliberately showing a type of relationship that isn't seen on screen or, or, or trying to stress certain important messages regarding to, uh, you know, the, the play into like our, our, you know, our history and gender roles, et cetera, et cetera. And, but I think there's a political power to just having a film that is just where women can just, are, where, where these people are just funny and it's just entertaining. And they just so happen to be two women in the lead roles. Like, and yeah, that alone, while it may not seem like it's as lofty perhaps as something like a portrait of a lady on fire, that alone, like representation matters, as they say. So it can just be a funny comedy that your parents would laugh at or you would laugh at. You don't necessarily have to be 
you know, particularly driven by like feminist um, theory or anything like that. But it's just funny, and they happen to be it's women. A good and that's sort of like important. yeah, it's a good sort of introduction to if you if you were starting to think about how you view films and what kind of choices you make in you know to watch specific films you might not choose portrait of a lady because it's so um it's kind of a mission <laughs> you know mm, when yeah, you can't feel yeah. the mission in book smart you kind of get it, get it creeps up on you and you suddenly go like oh maybe i've learned something that's mm. you know <laughs> you've got you don't you don't think about it at the time yeah. you're yeah in, in in a way it's less uh like with portrait you're intellectualizing almost every moment because you're you're you know that there's objective and there's there's it's heavy it's almost it's just a lot heavier to to digest whereas this one can be fun and then after you start thinking about it and after it starts leaving an impression which is always great you want to when you want to leave a film when you want to leave the cinema you want to be like cool like i digested that and then like 30 minutes after you can talk about it not that you can't do that with the other film but i think it's a lot weightier in its meat So shall we get to um, questions yeah, if, if, then? If, if, Izzy, you've, you've constructed your question. We've given you enough time. I think it's been 15 minutes. Like <laughs> She's like, okay, question them all. <laughs> I think well, we have the, the four usual questions. We do, we the do. The four yeah, questions do, that, do. yeah. Okay, well, <laughs> well, we, we, we'll, we'll, do, we'll run through the first four questions, yeah. which we do every yeah. podcast. And then if you uh, do decide that you give a shit <laughs> and uh, want to be a team player here, then you can ask us a mystery Ooh. question. Um, or, but you don't, know, yeah. You can do but yeah, not exactly. That. No, no, no pressure whatsoever. <laughs> we, we'll just go through these four questions. And if a question suddenly arises, then throw it. If not, then we'll get to the ratings and then bing, bada boom, bada boom. Cool. <laughs> that's, how, that's how I want to end the podcast from now on. Bing, bada right. boom, bada boom. All right. What's the what's the first question? What is the first question? Uh, it's like uh, fav- favorite scene, right? Favorite scene. Okay, so Izzy, you're our guest. Why don't you go first? What was your favorite scene in this film? Well, um, I didn't really, I don't really think like that, but I just decided to let a scene jump at, into my head and go with that and wonder why later, if that makes sense. And um, I really like the scene where they get picked up by Miss Fine, <laughs> which is a great for anyone. <laughs> The teacher who then, you know, she kind of sorts them out and then she drops them off and then she does that little moment where she jokes about going into the party. And that was the kind of moment where I, I thought, <laughs> you know, this isn't really trying to say anything in particular, but it does bring into question, you know, the, you know, the appropriateness of a teacher going into a party, but then they've graduated. So technically she's off the hook, but, and she's a young woman and, and and that and then it leading to her seducing, well, being seduced by yeah. the, the kind of context of her joking about it, and then later on you see that she actually has come. It just makes you think, what's yeah, you know, what's the deal with that? I mean, this age different thing where she's a person of authority and then suddenly isn't. I just, just maybe, well, I mean. The, I, yeah, I think like, you know, we uh, that the you you kind of hit on something funny there, which is that I think you do get those parties that happen around the time of graduation where teachers will for the first time maybe have a drink with the students or something. And there is that weird sort of in-between space where it's like, okay, 
So it's kind of okay now because you're all of age and you're no longer my students. But at the same time, there still has been this pre-existing dynamic between this. So it kind of probably wouldn't be advisable. Yeah, and for his example, he repeated twice, right? So he's 20. So it's yeah. like, you know. It, but, yeah, but would yeah, we yeah. find it as funny if she was not? Well, yeah. yeah I, well, it couldn't. If it was a man, that, yeah, yeah it would be a highly, highly <laughs> controversial. Uh but actually, it reminds me, sorry, I've decided I'm changing my answer because that's like my second favorite. The bit where they go into that guy's car and then they try and mug him. Or whatever, oh, they don't yeah. And they're trying to get him to tell the address. <laughs> that scene is just so well done because then he fully schools them. Mm. <laughs> Later on, obviously, <laughs> he realized that he was a bad guy. It's just such a risky scene to put in because if you don't do that perfectly, then it's just like, whoa yeah that's quite dark, dark. yeah dark um <laughs> so yeah when, when they've managed to make comedy gold out of like things that actually are almost too dark to joke about yeah you know yeah you've threaded a and fine the naivety of these two teenage girls it kind of plays on that it sort of says you know they shouldn't have done that but it also makes a joke out of the fact that they did that yeah <laughs> that whole scene was just gold to me, I think. <laughs> great scene <laughs> um and anyone else any any favorite scenes? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just uh, say mine quickly. I think um, probably the Barbie doll sequence, which we haven't brought up yet today. I thought that was just, I remember the first time when I saw it, that definitely stood out to me the most. And I really enjoyed watching it again. It was just so, I saw it, it, it was a, a scene where it was also really funny, visually quite interesting and dynamic how they managed to pull it off with the stop motion. And I just found it also really funny, like the, the, um, the uh, uh, the cat just hearing the those act actors you know deliver their lines while playing Barbie dolls was. I actually funny. was going to mention that as age the best just because. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Bad. Okay, no, Because of um, obviously it's a great scene, um, but it just you know given that it's a funny way of dealing with something that's actually a massive problem. I thought that was a like a very it's aged well like her looking because, at herself in the mirror and like admiring yeah. herself and empowering yeah. herself. yeah yeah um, instead of going oh this is despicable they kind of as you say like they introduce cliches to, to overturn them and then to return to them i think jb was saying something similar earlier yeah kind of yeah and I, <laughs> and I think it's a good way in which the the scene took two like potentially things that could have been really tired it took the drug se- the the teen comedy drug sequence, which I think shows up in nearly all teen comedies these days, and then also the idea of trying to deliver a somewhat dry message about the importance of you know realistic beauty standards, etc. And it just did it in a way that was very entertaining and playful with the uh, with the thumb. My handhole. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that no, was great. Um, I, I'll jump in and I'll say I was going to say the breakup climax scene, but. I'll leave that because that's it's it's it's, uh, it's too precious. Uh, the the pool sequence where she dives in and it's mm. uh, that wonderful song by Perfume Genius to the way, yeah. and it's don't 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 and then like she kind of goes through like I don't know it, it there was there's a lot of imagery and like metaphor to to her going down and like swimming so peacefully and so so freely and then like she kind of finds out that they're both making out with the people that they were both interested in uh and that reveal at the same time with the song and it uh, it was a nice little sequence you you made me realize like that scene 
you know how when you watch something and you don't think about it and then you someone talks about it and you realize what they were trying to do maybe um mm, when yeah. she's down there in the sort of safety of the kind of numbness of the pool like this the cancellation of all the sound for her it's kind of how she's maybe been living you know not really closing herself to harsh truths like those two making out but, yeah. but in general in a bigger sense I thought that was quite a good way of describing what she's been doing yeah and, and the fact yeah. that uh, right after that happens they argue so it's like yeah she realized a lot just by diving into that you know there, there's a lot of there's a lot of like imp- a lot that happened I felt I know it's, 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 it's interesting hearing you reading it that way is that kind of being her her living in a sort of in a bubble so to speak from reality but at the same time I felt it it was so euphoric I think because I felt I thought that scene was more about her um her kind of liberation because she's taken off her clothes and she's jumped in you know like you know judgment be damned forgetting what other people might think of her and she's probably not the kind of person that would expose herself that easily in front of other pe- her peers and then also she was just looking around and watching all these bodies and I thought you could see all these like bodies of different types like men women you know different shapes and sizes and it was underwater and it just felt like kind of almost um just a celebration of bodies and her realizing that for the first time um yeah a lot yeah a lot, going to, on. A, lot to, a lot to consider for for just that one little sequence actually i think you're right i mean she does strip off and make herself vulnerable in that way which is seems out of character not that you know that much about what she might to, mm. especially as the argument then tells you much more about her and how she's actually been very um like she's very hard to get to do anything and so then mm-hmm. you look back at that scene after the argument realize how big of a deal it was for her to get involved and put herself out there and mm. later on then she does in the ultimate way by getting herself arrested yeah so it's quite a nice yeah. scene nestled in there between things mm. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Gabriel, what's your favorite um, scene then? It has, I think it's it's between the them going out uh, and meeting the parents, and you know that whole scene where you know with the uh, what is it the puns and the food <laughs> and the, yeah, 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 yeah. the lesbian <laughs> sex thing. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that that was one of my favorite scenes. That that made me laugh a lot. And then I also liked. Um, the scene when they're all in the classroom in the morning, like it's like home, oh. home period or whatever it's called. Um, Homeschool. Home. I don't know. The first class of the day where you like mm. check in. What was um, that class called? It had a name. Home. Home. Home, home something. I can't help you. <laughs> it's I, been too long. I feel like it's mm. home period or something. Home Anyways, period. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, I can't remember what happened, but the sass where she's like, uh, I don't have any money in these shorts. And I thought that was a pretty sassy, <laughs> funny, like, <laughs> um, exchange between all the students and I guess the introduction of most of the characters. Yeah. yeah. Also, uh, mm-hmm. before I finish, um, Nick is Cuba, Judy, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s son. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I just saw that. it on the Wikipedia. I was like, uh, What? Nice. Yeah, he's the son. Yeah. Oh, attractive, very attractive fowler. The the fillet. Mm. Show me the money. <laughs> Show me the money. <laughs> um, <Sorry>. Put Jerry <laughs> on the phone. <laughs> you complete me. Um, what's what's the next? What's what's next up on the questions last? Um, oh, favorite performance. 
Sorry. Did I, were you saying something? Nothing. Easy? I was wrong. <laughs> okay. Uh, maybe, maybe I gave it to you in the wrong order. But uh, yeah, quickly, favorite performance. Um, so from, from my end, I'll say it was probably, it's not a very exciting answer, but I think Caitlin Deaver. Yeah. Is that Dever, Deaver, yeah. maybe. Deaver, Dever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just thought like she had the probably the more difficult of the two lead roles. She played um, Amy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she, it was like a less showy role because she's meant to be quite, um, in, quite introverted, mm-hmm. and she was often the sort of like the straight man to, yeah. um, to Molly's character. But she, I thought Caitlin was just had such a unique comic timing and was very obviously because I've seen her in like other dramatic roles and she's a very impressive. She's a yeah, really she talented is. actress, and she really can bring it home for those more emotional scenes. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, watch watch her space. She's she's going places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Izzy. Um, do you know I I got a real kick out of Lisa Kudrow because <laughs> you know small role, but I just love seeing her and stuff because she's got that comic timing as well, like a really understated mm. thing. You can tell that she's the mum of of Amy, you know, mm. in that way. She's kind of the the mild, <laughs> um, mm. trying to be nice sort of all the time and. And I just their scene mm. with the teddy. You just, I, I think <laughs> hard to do that without over-egging such comedy. And she just did it very well. I, uh, I love that. I totally forgot about that scene with the panda. The both parents. Oh, it was so funny. Ying ying. <laughs> oh, ying ying. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Face mask. I mean, I don't need to know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Just <laughs> finely balanced. Just so, so, yeah. so accurate. Uh, Lisa Kudrow is just the master though. Like, if you've ever, if to anyone out there, if you haven't seen this show called The Comeback that oh, she was yeah, in, there's also so another good. show. There's also mm-hmm. another show she's in. Um, shit, what's it called? Uh, it's called. It's wait. It's called. It's called. Yeah, it's like it's like uh, Friends. I think it's called. Fr- yeah, oh, they live in New York. They yeah. live in New York, and they're like all friends. Haven't yeah, heard of it. Oh, haven't heard of it. Like she like. Yeah, like there's like there's this guy called Joey. Mm, did it? Did it? Did it? Did it run past the first it, season? I, I don't know. I think we're gonna have to Wikipedia that one. It was like in the yeah. '90s, late late '90s or something. Hmm. Yeah, I think HBO. No, uh, I think it's HBO no. show. I think I don't know. Not no. ringing a bell. No. Friends, friends in the city, friends and yeah. sex in the city, or something. I don't know. It has a longer title. <laughs> How I Met Your Mother. Mm, no, we no. all know. <laughs> yes, yes, that's it. That's oh, yeah. it. Thank you. Someone finally. Oh yeah. <laughs> But I think I'm gonna have to go diplomatic with this with this question, uh, waving waving the, the the Swiss flag here and go both of them just both both, both Caitlin Dever and Beanie Feldstein to me were just as excellent as as one another. They brought they both brought um, an equal power to their to to their character and it don't I feel like part of what this movie works is their chemistry and their relationship. Uh, and one without it would be a very different movie. So it's, yeah, props to them too for really steering and carrying this film all the way through and giving us laughs, cries, all sorts of moments. So yeah, just them too. I praise them too and their chemistry. Well, I actually think that, you know, Olivia Wilde, her performance was ridiculous. I mean, she must. She pulled together all those performances, and as you say, like it seems like she just workshops. Is this so her much. first film? 
yes, yeah. yes, yeah. feature. And she's uh she's she's uh she's filming or just finished filming yeah. her follow up. Which not... has like an incredible <laughs> cast. Yeah. Sequel? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, oh. No, not a sequel. No, sorry. It's uh, just a... yeah, it's, it's called Street Smart. Book yeah. smarter. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's um, <laughs> yeah, too book too smart. <laughs> <laughs> book smart Tokyo Drift. <laughs> it's like, it start. It stops. It starts making no sense. Just book smart. <laughs> Um, uh, Javier, what's your favorite performance then? Um, to be honest, like you guys pretty much said every, like everyone that I was thinking of, but I guess Will Forte, Jason Sudeikis, like both of them played their character. Mm, like I thought, yeah. um, the principal was pretty funny cause it wasn't really a stereotypical principal. Kind of, kind of like, uh, <sighs> mean girls. Uh, what's his, the principal from Mean Girls? Hi. I don't know. They just had the same oh, like yeah. co- comedic yeah. vibe mm-hmm. to them. Also, best Uber yeah. ever, right? Mm-hmm. Like, why were they would so you... angry that he was their Uber driver? Yeah. He seemed really cool. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I guess you'd be a little bit. You'd feel you'd be a little bit awkward though if your principal yeah. came up to pick you to oh, pick you up like, like, in Twenty One Jump Street, where the the captain is a captain and he works at like Bed Bath and Beyond. It's like, what the hell, dude? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> there's there's nothing there's nothing more exciting and daunting than the blank page. <laughs> that was so good. I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, bit where they put they put uh, the porn on. Yeah. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> the, whoever did the sound effects for that scene was just oh my it was god, master. Nothing. What I was. I want to know what foley artist worked on that. <laughs> I don't know what they were watching personally. Yeah, I don't really get that scene, but you know. Yeah, oh, yeah, that was I mean, so yeah. funny. Um, <laughs> like embarrassed them a lot for some reason. <laughs> um, right, okay, moving on. Uh, what's aged the best? It's, it's gonna be hard with what's aged the best and what's aged the worst because it's it's only one year. It's only mm. one years old. Well, a lot's a lot's <laughs> changed. I know we had this year. problem with the last film. Oh, that's true. <laughs> a lot <laughs> has changed in a year. That's for damn sure. That understatement of the year. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't know what well, you mean, but um, uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> whatever could you be referring whatever, whatever to? Whatever could um, you mention? Uh, yeah, I thought we could um just I mean I mentioned it earlier with the the two theatrical society um people mm. um whether you guys think that that plays as well. I mean, Gabriel, you watched it most mm-hmm. recently, I guess, so maybe. I wonder what you thought. I mean, <laughs> about that. I don't movie. feel like there's anything to say about what's aged the best because it's just such a recent movie. Um, yeah. Okay. We yeah. can maybe just go right into what's aged the worst. Do you guys think? Do you guys think that there's, the characters? Yeah. I were... mean, there was like two characters of color, one of whom was a Mexican dude who stayed back for two years. They always make that like the stupid stoner kid. Like, it's always a person of color. Then the was other gay guy. I mean, he was Latin, of like Latin American of some sort. Um, and then uh, the very flamboyant second uh, drama guy. Uh, 
like the other person of color, they also made him a very stereotypical black, theatrical, flamboyant, um, RuPaul's Drag Race kind of character. And they didn't really give him any substance. So out of those two, yeah. And I don't think there was any female people of color. So that's the thing that really made... Oh, Miss Fine. Miss, yeah. Oh, Miss Fine. Fine. Yeah, Miss Fine. That's true. That's true. Um, but it wasn't a significant character. Like, all these characters were very secondary. That's that's what I felt. And that this is 2019, so this is... I mean, BLM has been around. Um, there's been loads of, like, movements that have, like... I don't know, tried to address the issue. So I think... It, not one movie, like, one movie can't do everything, so, yeah. <laughs> um, right, okay, well, should we just get to the mystery question, then? <laughs> um... I was actually, wait, can I just say one thing for what's aged the worst, quickly, is that it's not really what's aged the worst, but, um, so you got, we all, I think we all said, agreed that the soundtrack for this film is it's really amazing. good. Like, there's a lot of quality cuts in this soundtrack. But I felt like sometimes it was a bit too wall-to-wall too much, sound. Too right? Like, I felt like, especially towards the end, it, it played, like, three or four songs in the span of three minutes. And I was sure. like... And, like, it kept playing a song, and I was like, oh, this is such a good emotional, like, un- underlayer for what's happening on... Like, it's really bringing out the emotion in this scene. And then it just jumped to another really emotional track. Like, it jumped from Ride to, like, LCD Sound System yeah. in the span of, like, a minute. And I felt like it could have allowed the, you know, the impact of the previous song to settle in a little bit more or just, uh, you know, allowed for maybe a bit more silence, mm-hmm. you know, to sort of accentuate some of the, uh, like some the, of the drama the that was argument. happening. Instead of blasting music, mm-hmm. I would have preferred complete silence. That would have made more sense yeah. to me. But anyway, that's just a, yeah. a nitpick, yeah. really. Mystery question? Or um, if we... there is. I mean, it was more, it's it's not really, it's, it's not really a mystery question. It's to do with the theme. And I just thought, because I was reading a lot about female gaze, and mm. if I'm honest, I'm not really educated in it. And I, I consider myself quite a lazy feminist. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just, which means I am the bare minimum of feminism, whatever that is. Um, and yeah, I just wondered what you guys thought about the concept that you were talking about. and um what your definition of it is um whether you think mm-hmm. yeah sort of quantify it basically well I, <laughs> I was like who's gonna take this one uh well you know I, I think for 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 this film what I what I definitely felt uh from it was the was the amount of was the energy that was imbued in this film and that the energy of support, the energy of care, the energy of sensitivity, like all those, I, I just feel it had such a different, and if we are again to compare it to Superbad, it had such a different lens and perspective and care about its subject matter and its, and its, and its characters that you, I don't know, I ended up caring a lot more about what was going on in the film. And I felt like it just had that, it was just cupped in a way that was really, um, yeah, carefully woven through and carefully thought out that even the smaller characters had tiny little arcs. You know, I think that comes with with just brilliant writing and brilliant collaboration. And I'm gonna I'm gonna emphasize this point again. I feel like this movie had tremendous, or it felt like it had tremendous collaboration that you wanted to be a part of this film, um, which. I I would say yeah that's that would be Olivia Wilde's um, doing 
and it would be a it would be maybe her leadership to 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 take this film not just as a generic coming of age film but give a little something more and give more care and passion to it which is now she's probably one of the most sought after you know female directors uh right after releasing this film and the fact that it was the first feature i mean that's yeah incredibly impressive and and I think the 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 female gaze is is laden throughout this movie. You can see sprinkles of it, at least from what I understand the female gaze to be. Um, and that's what, hmm? which is which is I think um, not having a scopophobic view on on the characters, not 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 looking at the characters with one lens but multiple, and having having more dimensions with what we can do with your usual tropes or your usual, uh, what we come to understand, uh, uh, what we come to understand as characters and, and veering different ways and having multiple perspectives, not just one, and also being sensitive and caring to, to the characters, whether that's female or male or, or person of color or, or anyone like those little arcs that she constructs throughout all the characters makes it so that you can, watch this film and have multiple perspectives at the end of it. Mm. Yeah. I'll, I'll just, you know, I'll answer your question really quickly. Um, but I think that, I don't know. I don't know if this film necessarily qualifies as a, as a, as a pure example of the female gaze as it is defined by that essay that we touched on briefly in our last episode and some of the things that, sorry, you weren't here for this, Izzy, but that Maite talked about, I'm not completely certain but um, I do feel that I guess you could say this may be a lame duck answer, but it was sort of true to the spirit of it in a way. And that this was clearly a film that was trying to sort of depart from what were what had been like a male dominated space on screen and try to tackle things uh, from a more enlightened modern perspective. And I, to many people, I think highlighting female voices would be makes it a movie of the female gaze. I don't know if that's true, but yeah, I guess that that's how I see it fitting into that kind of school of thought. So wait, let me just clarify again. Your your question was, what do we think the female gaze is after the last two movies? Or what do we think it is in general? I was more, it was a sort of general thing, but it's interesting to use the movie that mm -hmm. we were talking about as a kind of example mm -hmm. of what that could look like in mm -hmm. filmmaking. Mm -hmm. I thought um, Raphael's point about it being a sort of more caring process, whether they're male or female characters, whatever their situation, that it's looked at mm -hmm. from different lenses. And I think that might be the difference to me between, you know, Olivia Wilde directing this movie and Michael Bay yeah. directing this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just would be, yeah. I, I was wondering whether you guys, what sort of character it lends, you know, yeah. to the any film made by a woman imagining different films so I, I guess the question I would like to ask is what film would you see would you like to see made by a female director okay. again so <laughs> interesting I I'm gonna say it plainly um I didn't know anything about female gaze um I think when we first discussed the theme or at least thinking of doing it it was like half a year ago maybe like definitely before i left behind uh, um but i had no idea what the topic was about like i just equated it to the 
female version of the male gaze. So I was just like, okay, I guess it's just like sexualizing men. Then that evolved into, um, I guess I just left it at then. And then we watched Portrait of a Lady on Fire, and I was like, okay, this is what the female gaze is. And in my mind, it was always a genre, you know? Like, it was always um, something specific that you could put a name to a movie. But now that I realize that um, it's a stylistic choice, maybe, like, um, rather than a type of movie, it's uh, anyone can do it, whether it be a, a male director, female director. Um, also, like, I was thinking about this, like, how much the screenwriters are involved, because, like, if the director's a male, but a screenwriter's a female, so I think, um, like, Bridesmaids, uh, would that be female gaze? Like, I don't, I don't know, because it was directed by a man, like, a man, female writers, pretty much a a whole female cast, um, I don't, I don't know, like, what stylistically or narratively makes female gaze um there's mean girls as well which was the same you know like tina fey i don't think i don't think i think we would just well maite said that you know we discussed in the last episode that female a movie that qualifies as female being told from the female gaze doesn't necessarily have to be directed by a woman um it just i don't know it just needs to sort of repudiate um a, 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 a sort of like a visual grammar that objectifies right. people on but screen like only when um, it's positive like when when it's showing negative traits is that female gaze or is that um an issue with male's perspective on females like depending on who directed or who produced or wrote you know like this is these are the kinds of questions that i'm thinking about like if it's positive and it's done by a female, does that make it female gaze? But if something's shed in a negative light, unless it's like truthful or untruthful, I don't know. It's, it's, it's pretty, it's a pretty confusing concept to me after watching two movies. I think I need more. I think that's the thing I was sort of getting at is that it's such a young concept compared to the, the male gaze, which has dictated most of cultural experiences. Um, up until these last, uh, this last century or something, we're, we're sort of slowly unraveling this concept. So I don't think there's a right answer. I just thought it was be interesting to think in the kind of like nascent stages, what we think it might develop into. And right now I feel like it's just a feeling you get from a film, the sort of intangible mm. kind of intimacy, mm-hmm. but a kind of knowing look at these lives rather than the object you yeah. know the kind of the comedy aspect of and the sort mm-hmm. of shallow aspect it's slightly deeper in whatever yeah and, and like you said it's an evolving definition yeah 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 we're, we're, we're told by our producers to wrap it up here because uh, we're having too much fun <laughs> um yeah but uh, to, to to have one last thing to say is uh yeah it's an evolving definition it's an evolving term uh that will change as movies change and as different people are brought in to tell different stories and i think maybe we are on the right way of of how we view um how we view the body as itself like how um scopofolia has changed that we're not just viewing the body purely on its sexual level anymore or it's not shown that this is just a body and just a person with one dimension but there's multiple lenses there's multiple perspectives to it and i think the female gaze can definitely introduce that a more 
female gaze can introduce a more powerful um, uh, uh, trope to to the industry because there is a lot more representation and there's a lot more um, there's a lot more dimension to to the characters. I feel like every time I watch the movie with the female gaze impression towards it, I find out more about that character essentially. All right. Well, on that note, I think we should finish up with some ratings and then we could end this, end this episode. <laughs> All right. So, so our lovely guest, Izzy, would you like to go with the first rating? We usually rate it out of a certain random object from the movie. So like, um, I don't know. Oh, okay. Teddy okay. bears. Uh, ying ying. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ling ling. Ling ling. Um, I what well, I would yeah. rate this movie. So I think. Like um, out of ten, ling. How many ling lings would you give this out of ten? I would give this. I'd give this eight point five ling lings out of ten. <laughs> All right, Raf. Uh, I'd give this, I'd give this nine powerful hallucinogenic drugs out of 10. Or vitamins. <laughs> or vitamins. Yeah. Yeah. Ollie? Uh, I'd give it 7.5 crotchless Barbie dolls out of 10 crotchless Barbie dolls. <laughs> well, they have crotches now? Crotchless. Yeah, but do they have crotches now? That's oh, weird. no, I don't think so. I mean, I hope not. I, well, maybe they should. I don't know. That's another podcast, <laughs> I, I think. That's another podcast, mm, yeah. another topic entirely. <laughs> <laughs> this is also me stalling for objects because you stole all of the ones that I wanted. Oh. <laughs> um, I will... Fuck. I hate going last because then I... Yeah. Um, I'm going to rate it 8 out of 10... Uh, Flaming Pontiac. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. Sweet ride, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. All right, well, it was lovely to have you guys on the show. And as usual, I like everyone. Like, share, subscribe, five stars, comment, do everything. You know what to do. Um, please give us a review. Yeah. And I'd like thank to say you, thank Izzy. you again Woo! to Izzy for being a guest. This was a really great movie. <laughs> um, really enjoyed this conversation. Mm. It was very insightful. And we still and, have uh, no idea about well, what the female game means. Woo! <laughs> what are we <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think we're gonna have to have a bunch of like female gays yeah. one and two and three and four yeah. the movie newbie solves it out <laughs> we'll try we'll uh, but yeah thank you Izzy I'll uh, I'll be releasing your parents then now that I've done this <laughs> <laughs> thanks for looking at them <laughs> hey guys if you like the show don't forget to follow us on social media you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Movie Newbie, and you can also search The Movie Newbie on Medium for really cool, spoiler-free reviews. So, catch you in the next episode. Till next time, guys. Enjoy.